Romans chapter number 1. Let's read uh, just a couple verses tonight just to get everybody on the right place. It says, <clears throat> that's chapter 11. Here we go. Uh, let's start reading in verse number 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And then, as we've learned, he begins a laundry list, if you will, of things that uh, they have heaped upon themselves. Uh, this is not only sin, but it is also things that they have become. Uh, if you look at... Um, uh, and we, we mirror chapter number 6 of 1 Corinthians, and uh, we'll be in Galatians here soon, where he speaks about the works of the flesh, and then we'll be over in Second Timothy, I believe it is, as well. And so we see that these are sins, but they are also things that men become. And uh, so we're dealing, this is part 10 of the series, What is Sin?, so it says, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, <clears throat> covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil thing, things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Then it ends with that verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of what? Death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And so tonight, again, we'll try our best to finish up this thought with the last four or five of these in verse number 31, we dealt last week on, um, or not last week, but a Wednesday or so away, uh, on boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, and then without understanding. And so tonight we'll ease right into it with this covenant breakers. And uh, this, this phrase, it means that these are faithless people. Now, this is not to say that they are without faith as far as the definition in Hebrews 11. This is not talking about a spiritual faith here. This is talking about they are unfaithful. Uh, they are people that are disloyal. They are untrustworthy. Uh, another writer said that they are treacherous to compacts or pacts or covenants. They are dangerous or traitorous. In other words, you remember when you were a little kid and you had to make a promise you didn't want to, and so you put your hands behind your back and crossed your fingers. You know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> and then, and then you bragged about it. Well, I said I would, I promised, but I had my fingers crossed, or I had my legs crossed, or whatever it was. And so you were breaking a covenant, you were breaking a promise. But this goes much deeper than this. This is something that they have become because of verse number twenty nine. Uh, and the sin represented there. They are now, starting in verse number 30, notice actually at the end of verse 29, it says they are now called whisperers. They are backbiters. They are now haters of God. They have become despiteful.
prideful, proud. They are known as boasters. They are inventors of evil things. They are known as disobedient to parents. They are without understanding, but they are also known as covenant breakers. These are men that have been turned over to a reprobate mind, and no matter what happens, they will be a covenant breaker. Uh, I can remember probably some of my earliest uh, memories of of politics probably was the Gulf War. And, uh, and, and I was, I was into my teenage years, I believe, then, but that's probably the earliest that I remember. I do remember when the, um, uh, the Berlin Wall, wasn't it? The Berlin Wall came down. I do remember that, but I don't remember a whole lot about that. Uh, but I, I know that ever since the, ever since the Gulf War, we have been in battled with trying to make peace in that area. And, and the reason that we cannot on both sides, somebody help me right there, on both sides is because the men that are trying to make covenants with one another are covenant breakers because they, many of them have been turned over to a reprobate mind. They have been given time and chance after chance, uh, but they have rejected God and they, and I can't get back into it, but just read chapter number one and you'll see where they are. Uh, but they are now faithless and they are disloyal and they are untrustworthy. Uh, there was a time that that I remember, and I don't, I'm not preaching about politics because I don't have much to say, but this is just a political thought. Uh, I, I can remember when I turned 18, uh, my daddy told me, he said, now son, you are a Republican. And so you will vote a Republican. I said, yes, sir. I don't know what that means, but yes, sir. And uh, then we, we came, the, the next old boy was Bill Clinton. And uh, we know how all that happened, and then um, W got in there, and so on and so forth. Uh, but I, I, I came to a realization, uh, especially when I looked at the platform of the Democratic Party, is there are some folks that will vote Democrat no matter who they're voting for, no matter what their platform is, they're doing it because they are a Democrat. They are doing it because that is their uh, heritage. That is the legacy that has been left for them. But there has to come a time where where someone in their right mind says, you know what, I can't vote for them. It goes against everything that I was raised on. I'm going to have to vote a different direction. And and so I said that to say this. There are some folks that they are loyal to a party no matter what. But in being, and y'all going to have to help me because we're just a couple days past our Independence Day, uh, being loyal to a party oftentimes means that you are disloyal to the people that you represent. And so as such, they have become covenant breakers. Uh, they got into office by making promises uh, that they never intended to keep. Uh, some made promises that they never could keep even if they wanted to. Uh, but here spiritually, there are some folks that they will make promises to God. They will make promises to the people of God with every intent to break that promise because they are untrustworthy. And the, the, uh, the writer said that they are traitorous. They are just looking for a time to turn the knife. They are looking for a, a, a point in time where they can turn you over to the enemy. So he says they are covenant breakers. Number two, without natural affection. Now, 
In June, we dealt a lot with the family. Back several months ago, we dealt with some of the things that are in uh, verses number uh, 24 down through verse 27 or 28. Um, but it says without natural affection. So, so my spirit is still kind of half cocked about the pride month and everything. So I really wanted to jump headlong into saying, all right, this, this is talking about sodomy, but it's not. I know we want to say that, but on this aspect, it's not. And it was kind of disappointed, and I talked to the Lord about it, but he said, hey, this is my word, not yours. So I said, yes, sir, okay. So without natural affection, this entire phrase, it means that they are unsociable. <laughs> there goes the homeschool kids right there. <laughs> Nipped it in the bud right there. <laughs> I mean, just weird, scared. And say amen, Rachel. <laughs> so... Can I get an amen from you, Nathan? No, not even from you. So, and now my kids are homeschooled too, so if anybody's wondering, they're weird too. I understand that. I live with them. And uh, their mama has turned weird. She's a homeschooled teacher. She's gotten some weird... I'm going to move on now. But it means it means unsociable. So so we dig a little deeper into this. And, and of course, we understand, uh, based on what I told you, that uh, though it's surprising, this phrase is not talking about those sexual sins in verse 26 and verse 27. Now, up there, we see that they, uh, they have left the natural use. Uh, they are burning in themselves one to another. And so that natural use there, that is an inborn, desire that is produced by nature. It is also governed by the instincts of nature one towards another. And and so in those previous verses, he says they've left that and uh, the things that nature had you desiring, uh, they are turning that on its end and they are desiring whatever they want to. But here it says that they are, um, they are without natural affection. So it is to be unsociable or inhuman. Not inhumane, but inhuman. What this means is they are lacking compassion and mercy. Now, I need you to get beyond the, the homeschool comment and let's bring it back down into the spiritual world of this thing. It means that they are unloving or hard-hearted towards their kindred. So there is nothing within them. In other words, we, we see this, we, we, we can see this with the Roe versus Wade, um, uh, uh, issue, uh, with abortion. There is no natural affection. Now, now you can stretch verse 26 and 27 to fit this, but I believe honestly that it's going to fit a little bit better here in this verse because it means that there is no natural love toward the kindred. In other words, mothers are no longer loving their children fathers do not love and now hmm, there was a time when children were involved it was a father and a mother and the children but now too often it's just a and i hate to say this because it sounds thug uh, but now there's just baby daddy and baby mama and they are getting together somewhere on the side and they are producing a child but neither one of them have love for one another nor do they have love for the child that is produced and so it is a natural defense mechanism uh, for human beings to reject that which they do not want or desire. So therefore, we come to today's time when people are all up in arms about the very fact that it is against the law to kill a child. 
And so this is a good example of without natural affection. They are inhuman. They lack compassion and mercy for their own. They are hard-hearted towards kindred. Now I realize there's probably some kin folks of ours, some kindred, that we just should not have anything to do with. It's okay to say amen to that. Everybody's got that uncle or that cousin that's like, let's, let's just, I got several of them. Several of them that, that I just skirt around as much as I can. And I close my eyes when I go by and Nathan, I just try my best. Just move. That, that may be wrong, but it goes deeper than just not wanting to be associated with. There is a hatred, again, towards father and mother, towards the children, towards parents. And I don't remember, it was somebody here and I were having a conversation and we were talking about COVID and Alzheimer's and cancer. All of those quite possibly were, were developed to... to to shorten the days, especially of our older people. I was listening to something several weeks ago, and uh, they, they talked about, um, the word escapes me, uh, eugenics maybe is the word that I'm thinking of. It could be wrong, so if I am, forgive me. Um, but Darwinism, or evolution, if you will, <clears throat> we think of, of that as just being, you know, men descending from, from apes or monkeys or or birds coming from lizards and vice versa and all this kind of stuff. But if if you go on, you what was the trial uh that was held at your college, uh Leah? Um Scopes um it was it the Scopes monkey trial uh up at Bryan College and what's that, Cleveland, Leah, is that right? Um Tennessee. In that <clears throat> some of the teaching came to light that it was more than just evolution, but rather Darwin's son took it further in saying that it is the survival of the fittest. Brother David, I'm not being funny, but you mentioned in September you're going to be turning 50. Well, according to evolution, there there is a time, age-wise, when you are not fit to breathe. You're not fit to carry on life. And so they would develop ways to stop your life. They would develop ways to, to, to smother your life out. And, and so that is, is what, in my mind, comes to this. Now, we've already talked about inventors of evil things. So there's already some folks that are inventing ways to be wicked Ways to be evil. And now here Paul speaks about these that are without natural affection. And it could be that he's speaking of those that that hate, have such a hatred toward even their own loved ones, their kindred, that they have no mercy and they have no compassion and they could very willingly stamp out their life. I'll give you a prayer request in passing. There's a lady that went to our church in Tennessee. Her name is Louise, and everybody called her Granny. She's sweet as, I mean, sweet as you can imagine. She fell a few weeks ago and broke her hip, and 
And so now she's in the hospital. She's in uh, a rehab facility. And uh, her daughter posted on Facebook earlier and tagged me in it. And she said that her short-term memory is, is not great. She can't remember some things. Sometimes she can't remember her own daughter's name. Um, and, and I don't know. I've not spoken to any of the family. But there is there are some people that would say, well, the usefulness of her life is gone. Let's not worry about compassion. Let's not worry about mercy. Let's just go ahead and let's take her life. But I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> I got a daddy that's 70 and I got a mama that's... And I don't care if it hair lips every devil in hell. I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that they're well and make sure that they're cared for. And I believe all of us are like that. I don't think any of us fall into Romans chapter 1 here. But you need to understand we're talking about what is sin. There are folks today that, that they have no care for life, young or old, kindred or or enemies. They have no care. And he said that they are without natural affection. <clears throat> Can I give you another one? Here's implacable. We're almost done. <clears throat> implacable. This is without treaty or covenant. Now, we, we talked about covenant breakers. But this is implacable. They are without treaty. They are without covenant. What this means is, uh, especially where it's different than covenant breakers, uh, a covenant breaker, they will enter into covenant with you and break it. They don't care what. But a, as someone that is implacable, they cannot be persuaded to enter into covenant. They can, they, they, they want it, they want it their way, no matter what. They have their mind or their heart set on it and they will not budge. You, you can't, you can't make a covenant with someone like that. You're, you're not going to be able to, and you'll never make any progress with someone like that. Even God Himself turned them over to a reprobate mind because He knew who they would become or what they would become. It is without treaty or covenant and then last we see unmerciful we've talked a little bit about mercy this word unmerciful it means of course without un without mercy or merciless let me give you another definition it is to be ruthless to be cruel or to be harsh <clears throat> i was i was saved in 1992 under some harsh preaching, some some rough preaching. But I needed that. That that apparently that's the only way God could communicate with me. But now others, they they turned it off. And I, I'm not just talking about one person, and I could name his name. I'm not just talking about one person. Nearly everybody that preached, they were great people, but they were mean. I'm talking about they were mean. And they didn't care. <clears throat> But that's a little bit different than... than I, I believe there might have been some of them that were unmerciful, Brother David. There were some of them that they were just... <laughs> like it or lump it here, kind of day. But this unmerciful that Paul talks about, he says that they were ruthless. 
we, we mentioned that implacable that they had their heart set on one thing and they could not be persuaded another direction. It carries on to this unmerciful. Not only do they, uh, do they not enter into covenant because they are too hard, they cannot be persuaded, but they are so ruthless they will do whatever they can to get their way. Now, are we seeing that in our day? Can we turn on the television and see some ruthless people in our day? Not, I'm not going to do it. It doesn't matter what channel you turn it on. It doesn't matter what magazine or what newspaper. Inevitably, you're going to see some folks represented that are ruthless in their agenda, and they will do whatever they can to get their way. We talked about family back in June. And we, we did talk about children, but understand that even our children... Who was that? Was that Evie? How old is Evie? Seven years old. Um, Roscoe, how old are you, buddy? Four. Where's is Camden here? Yet? Camden, five. You're five, aren't you? You're five. You figured out five. And then there's Josie. She's fitting to be three years old. Wow. Satan is so ruthless. To get his way, to get his desire, he already in, in America in 2022 is trying to blind little eyes like that to the truth. So that when they get four, thir- 13, 14, when they get 14, when they get, Ansley, 13, when they get 12, when they get 10 years old, their heart has already turned. Where once they were willing to, to listen and they were able to, to weep and cry when emotions rose, now they're hard-hearted now they have been so affected by, by the world and by media and, and by the things that we as parents put in front of them to pacify them. And even some parents are so enamored with the things of the world that they teach it in their own homes. I'm not talking about necessarily Christian home, just homes in general. And it's all because someone, somewhere, is unmerciful. And it's because Satan is ruthless enough to attack even our children to make sure that his plan works. I want to give you a little hope right there. Danny, how old is Danny? Ten months old. How old is your little boy? Four years old. Luke, how old are you? Ten years old. <clears throat> Evie? Hey, said thank you. Hey, she's paying attention. I like it. Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. <laughs> I wasn't so tired. I'd talk about running. 
Jesus said suffer. This word means allow. Don't get in their way. <laughs> Don't get in their way. Suffer the little children to come unto me. That's why when you're little kids, they want to they want to do something, and you say, "I don't know why we let them do that." Just hush, because Jesus said, "Suffer the little children." When y'all started singing, "Jesus loves me," I like to forgot the whole rest of the song y'all was singing about. There's something about that song, brother David. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. These little kids know it, and they can sing it backwards and forwards. And us adults, sometimes we just sit there. Well, isn't that cute? But Jesus loves us too. And so, as we think about what is sin, and we think about how wicked men has become, there's still hope for our children. Because Jesus then and now still says, Suffer the little children to come unto me. The Apostle John, in 1 John chapter number 1, chapter number 2, for sure, maybe the whole chapter, he or the whole book, he says little children. And he wasn't talking to kindergartners. He was talking to men and women of faith. And he called them little children. So, Kurt, Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. If my daddy could handle it right now, and, and I, I, I probably wouldn't, okay? But if my daddy could handle it, and he said, son, sit on my lap, I just have to kind of swallow my pride and just sit on daddy's lap because there might come a day when I couldn't. Now, I know that sounds weird, and I'm not trying to be gross or weird or anything. But Jesus said, suffer the little children. That includes you and I. Come unto me. Isn't that a blessing to know that no matter how wicked the world gets, God has always made provision, already made provision for holiness, for righteousness, for a way to Him. Already. When that lost person that maybe, that maybe they fit in some of these, maybe they were, maybe they were wretched and vile, and if there were a sinner, they were, and you were, and I was, and, and we all fit into that. But if, if we could all get together, and every sinner in the county got together, and they began to compare stories, and they began to say, well, I'm, I'm this type of sinner. I'm this dirty and I'm this wretched and this vile. And, and we just kept a log and it just began to stack and stack. And, and we finally voted. You are the most likely to go to hell. You are the worst of the worst. The blood of Christ <laughs> can wash away the worst sin. He can cleanse the worst sinner. And He can make them the best saint of God. Isn't that a blessing? Hallelujah. Let's come with a song tonight. i tell you what, just let's just sing Jesus Loves Me. I'd be good with that. And then I got, I got to do something. It's two months past and I keep forgetting. Let's stand. I don't remember what page that is. You might not even need the page number.
love the Lord? Aren't you glad that he loves you? Amen. Well.